Let us pray. Oh, Lord, let it snow. <laughs> let it snow. <laughs> and let us turn over to you all that worries us, all that separates us, all that makes us wonder if you are there. Connect us, O oh Lord, in your great presence and help us to know that we are together in you. Amen. Amen. Please be seated where you're seated. <laughs> Simon's house was too small. Oh, it was big enough for his brother Andrew and for himself and for his mother-in-law. There was space enough for healing one sick woman and serving family and some guests, even on the Sabbath. But it soon proved too little to hold all who wanted what Simon's mother-in-law received from Jesus to be taken by the hand and lifted up and healed. I'm struck by how fast the good news of Jesus' healing abilities had spread that day in Capernaum. Because shortly after the sun had set on the Sabbath and people could round up their sick and possessed loved ones and haul them over to Simon's house, the place was overrun. The whole city was gathered around the door, Mark writes. Now, neither the local synagogue nor Simon's house were big enough to handle everyone who needed Jesus's good news. And I wonder if for a moment, Jesus himself doubted whether he could manage the demand. I wonder if that's why he got up so early in the morning while it was still dark to consult with his Abba in prayer. And I wonder if when they discovered Jesus gone, Simon and Andrew and James and John feared that Jesus had given them the slip. Perhaps that's why Mark says they hunted for him. So this early morning in Capernaum, I can just imagine the tension that Jesus and his followers are experiencing perched on the precarious give and take of God's message. They are up against the obstacles that the world throws between humanity and God, and they are up against the sheer demand, the overwhelming need, too big to meet in one small city, in one house. So Jesus decides to make the house bigger that house where people might experience the hospitality of God, share life with God, which is called holiness. What Jesus demonstrates today in Mark's gospel is that he came to open the door wide between humanity and God. In fact, he came to be that open door. And that required removing things that keep people from making it to the door at all. So out go what Mark called the demons, what make people ill, 
by the way they defy the holiness of God, that try to name Jesus and get power over him, that try to undermine the new thing that God is doing in the world. And out go the weaknesses and the sicknesses that prevent people like Peter's mother-in-law from engaging in the service, the diaconia, that the true disciple is called to. And out go the perceptions that make the space and the time seem too small and the crowd too big and the fear that Jesus just might give everyone the slip. Instead, Jesus will walk right into the center of it with the message that he's been sent to give and he will take his disciples with him and they will not lose track of him again. Let us go to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do, Jesus tells his followers. And the house gets bigger and the tent gets wider and the door, which is Jesus, comes right to the ones who need him most. The message from God is, come in. I'm reminded of that lovely line from the first reading from Isaiah as the prophet imagines God. It is he who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in. The space God makes for us is vast. And this is important for us to remember now as we face our own unique set of obstacles to encountering God's good news. We are struggling to hear the true voice of God in a great crush of voices that try to interrupt or outshout what we know to be right and true and holy. We are trying to manage a global pandemic whose conditions are limiting us from relating to one another and serving in the way we are accustomed. And the ways we have left to us for worship seem profoundly isolating and lonely as we let go of all the physical things that help us to experience a God who is at hand, our ability to gather together, to taste Eucharistic bread and wine, to feel the vibrations of organ song and choir song, even the creaking of the pews beneath us. And so perhaps the challenge for us today is to look for the ways that Jesus is casting aside the obstacles and bringing the kingdom of God to us in entirely new ways. And that is going to require us to imagine being church in a new way. Or maybe it is to see what has been there all along and what is still here if you remove the walls and the ceiling and the pews. Can we feel the flow of the collective prayer and worship that we are engaging in at this moment? Can we feel the power of the combined presence, the depth of our receptivity to Jesus's good news, that the kingdom of God is here? Because it does take an act of imagination, which is the place 
where I think God most clearly reveals the divine self. This immense visionary space stretched like a curtain, spread like a tent to live in. We might even mix the metaphor a bit and call it a live stream. So, perhaps we need to practice, which we're going to do. So I invite you to enter with me that imaginative space with all the others who are tuning in right now to acknowledge that we are with each other right now, to consider with whom we occupy this tent of worship and this dwelling of God. So take your eyes off the screen and close them. Give them a rest. Become aware of your breathing. Now let your inner eye, the one that envisions things, open. There are typically about 70 people tuning in to the 1030 liturgy on the live stream. I want you to imagine them. Imagine them in the spaces that they are in right now. Imagine that all the rooms that we are in are connected one to the other, including the church here. Just collapse the space and the distance among us. Let the walls drop away. And let's just sit here for a moment with one another. Because we are really present to one another as we share this moment, this envisioning, this prayer. Let faces come to mind, perhaps familiar ones, maybe unfamiliar ones. As you breathe in and out, they breathe with you. Their eyes are closed as yours are in prayer. They are familiar and they are mysteries. Now, imagine that what fills the space among us is the presence of God, the love of Christ. Feel that love warm at the very center of you and let it extend outward to fill all of the space. Love is what you are breathing in and out. The presence of God is what collapses the distance and replaces the walls. Love is what connects us at this moment. Now, look beyond the people on this live stream and widen your vision 
to include all friends of God and all who deeply long to be united with the love of God. Those who long for the removal of the obstacles that get in the way of being that deeply loved and that fully welcomed. Imagine them in this wide tent that is God's home with us. Imagine all of us being held in the restoring, including, forgiving, welcoming presence of God. It includes those who we can imagine and those who we cannot. It includes those who are living and those who have died. This is what we mean by the communion of saints. This is what we mean by the body of Christ. This is what we mean by the church at prayer. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. So let us just be with one another for a moment, enjoying one another's presence in the presence of God. When you are ready, open your eyes. Amen. <laughs>